Hello. I hope you're all doing well today. Um, I'm really kind of excited to talk about discipline today. It's it's an interesting topic and one that uh, goes in kind of a couple different directions when you talk about uh, God's discipline of his children and then spiritual disciplines and how they kind of uh, relate together and go together. But I think it's, it's a, a topic that needs to be discussed, especially on the backside of serving your yes and, and, and governing the flame and starting to move in the direction of answering the call that God's given you and taking action on that call, starting to formulate how it is you're going to walk that out. And discipline needs to be something in your mind uh, as you start to move forward. And so uh, I want to talk in in two different directions with discipline this morning. And the first one being with uh, God's discipline of us as his children and being able to look at that, not as punishment, but as correction. That is looking to really build our character and not something that should be seen as, oh, I messed up now. You know, uh, you've, you've probably heard it as a kid. Wait till your father gets home. Then you're going to get it, right? Yeah, no, not like that. Okay, this is about, this is not about behavior modification. This is about improving character. And so I want to start there. And then I want to transition over to talk about uh, spiritual disciplines. And we are not going to exhaustively go through a list. Uh, I do have a list and, I, and I'll share that with you. Uh, but I'm not going to go through each and every one of these. I just want to talk about uh, about the importance of them and look at uh, some scripture to kind of pull you in that direction so you can be adding that to what it is that you're doing as you start walking out the call because it does draw you in deeper and closer uh, into God and and you get deeper into that union that you have with eternity. And so that's, that's really important to uh, cultivate that relationship. And so let's start off talking about uh, God's discipline. Uh, we're going to read out of Hebrews 12 and we're going to read verses one through 17. And there are some, some interesting things to pull out of this. So let's get into it here. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us, and the sin we so easily fall into. Right away, you can start seeing the correction uh, from God. Letting go of every wound that has pierced us, that offense, right? That, that offense we like to snuggle up to and wrap our arms around and hold on to that keeps us stuck. We have to let go of that. Right. There has to be a way to, uh, for you to really dig deep into there and look at that offense and say, well, how's this thing serving me? Because likely it's not. And so we need to let go of that. It goes on and says, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out for before us. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us 
and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. So you don't have to be asking for the faith to do something or the strength to do something. You already have that. You possess that already. And, and the and we've talked about this a lot, uh, especially since the conference is not uh, looking left or right, but keeping your your gaze fixed on Jesus, right? Absolutely focused on Him, and not wavering in that. Because His heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be His, He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God, where you sit co-seated with him. You are also an heir to the kingdom. You were co-crucified with him. And now you get to be co-seated. There is uh, one of the footnotes says he placed before his eyes the bliss we would forever share together with him. That's what he focused on, right? He didn't, he didn't focus on the sin he was carrying or temptations to waver from the cross. Any of those things presented to him, no, he kept his focus. He kept his focus on what the prize was. That's you. You were the prize as he was conquering everything on the cross. Verse three, so consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. This is a very interesting to me here. And it's and I think it's important where this is placed at right before where he gets into God's discipline of his children and then somewhat transitions into spiritual disciplines later on. He says, so consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. I just, I find it really interesting that uh, he's got in here about, or, or the writer of Hebrews has in here about those who oppose their own souls. I thought that was interesting wording. Wording. And the, uh, the Aramaic says, uh, those that become their own stumbling blocks. It's interesting how we get in our own way of staying focused on Jesus and become our own stumbling block, become those that oppose our own souls. And that's not, that's not who we are. That's not what we carry as new creations, right? If you jump it over to... Uh, Galatians 5, and you look at uh, the fruits of the Spirit, it says the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. And one of those is strength of spirit or self-control or that self-discipline. So it's interesting for me that it's right here. It's right up front, right? We can't turn away from the correction that God's giving us, the discipline that, that he is offering to you to build up your character, not to punish you. Verse four, after all, 
you have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as his children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? I like the beginning of verse 7 right there. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. And that's, that is another way to look at this uh, correction is training. Because when we talk about spiritual disciplines as well, that is also training for you. It helps you learn. It helps you grow. It allows you to be uh, in deeper connection with that union you share in the Trinity, which opens up a whole host of, of things, for lack of a better term. Opens up uh, um, everything to you, right? Everything that's in the kingdom starts to get opened up because you, you start to have your eyes opened and you become awakened to the invitation to take control of what is yours, take dominion of what is yours. So embrace God's correction as part of your training. We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. That's another important point about his correction. It validates you as his child. He wouldn't take the time to uh, lovingly correct a slave, right? It's, it's not in the nature to bring you in to train you if you're not in authentic sonship. And this is part of the validation of that. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earth, earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us. Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. That was another part of this that struck me as uh, a father of four. My wife, Tiffany, and I, we have four kids. And when they were younger, we... Uh, corrected them as uh, as it seemed good to us. And looking back on it, it was probably more uh, seemed good to us to uh, correct towards behavior modification rather than character building sometimes. And I, and I can go back and I can see those points where we just want to just behave, just be good, whatever it is, without understanding that uh, the correction is for the character. It's for training them up for life. It goes on, but God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good. It's not for his good that he does that. Right? He knows what's good for us. And so he corrects, he disciplines us. It's giving us an invitation to share his holiness in that correction. 
in that discipline. Verse 11 goes on and says, Now all discipline seems to be more pain than pleasure at the time. Yet later it will produce a transformation of character, bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Those are what you can expect. That's the promise of receiving uh, God's correction, receiving that discipline, as it produces a transformation of your character. It brings righteousness and peace. That's the promise of what you can expect. Verse 12 says, so be made strong, even in your weakness. This is where it starts to shift over from God's discipline to talking about spiritual disciplines. So be made strong, even in your weakness, by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. And when you start looking at a long list of spiritual disciplines, one of the, uh, one of the things you'll see on there is worship. If you don't see that on a list of spiritual disciplines, then it's it's an incomplete list. And I don't know if there's ever a fully complete list. But worship has to be on there. And it is the uh, probably the best place to start as it relates to spiritual disciplines, because it's the one that that puts you in a posture to enter into the rest of them, to enter into prayer to enter into studying uh, scripture or uh, studying anything. It just puts your your, uh, mind in a clear space. It puts your heart in a right posture. And so I love that it starts off talking about uh, lift up your tired hands in prayer and worship. It goes on and says, and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's paths, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Not when you stand there and you look at the path that God has, right? Not when you you stand there and you think about God's paths. All your stumbling ways will be divinely healed when you keep walking forward. We mentioned this yesterday, when it comes time to take action, even if you feel like it is imperfect action, do it anyways. Keep moving forward. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. This is another one that's really important. It's important as it relates to spiritual disciplines, and that's a uh, uh, togetherness, uh, fellowship, oneness, whatever term you want to use for that. That's what it is right there. This is another one, watching over each other, taking care of one another. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. I'm sure you've seen this, right? You have seen where someone has some bitterness in them and they carry that into the group and it's allowed to, to permeate within the group and they share that offense with one and they share it with another and they start bonding around that and they start collecting people 
and turning them and turning their own bitterness onto them and they can then take hold of it. I've seen it happen. I'm sure you have too. And it affects the enti- infects the entire group. And so we want to make sure no one lives like that. This is part of that spiritual discipline of oneness and holding each other accountable. Verse 16, be careful that no one among you lives immorality, becoming careless about God's blessing, like Esau who traded away his rights as the firstborn for a simple meal. And we know that later on, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessings, he was turned away, even though he begged for it with bitter tears, for it was too late then to repent. So it's an interesting transition here that you can see we can't become our own stumbling block by avoiding the discipline that God is bringing to you. It is an opportunity for you to grow and strengthen your character. And at the same time, on on the back of that, you have greater opportunity to grow through spiritual disciplines. And if you do a search online for spiritual disciplines, you're going to find uh, any number of lists and there. Most of them are going to be different. Uh, and just throwing together a, a quick list of, of disciplines that you'll see things like study, prayer, fasting, confession, um, fellowship or, or oneness, uh, rest, celebration, service, generosity, self-control, worship, and even disciple-making. And and that's not an exhaustive list. But you have to start looking at all of these things and um, start deciding how it is you're going to get after these because they are so important for your continued growth. Because as you start looking at these things, it's going to push you deeper and deeper into Jesus because you're going to be forced to go to him to get answers about these things, especially disciple making. That's where your spiritual discipline turns from, from self that starts turning outward. And I did, I, I, Use the word study there rather than Bible study because there's, while your study can start in scripture, you should extend that study out beyond that. There's any number of of books that can be read, uh, old commentaries that can help bring more to you and more value to you, which again turns outward and allows you to have more value more value than what you have before so i want to jump over from there to 1 corinthians 9 And I want to read uh, verses 24 through 
27. All right, the sounds okay? Looks like we might have lost some sound. Oh, Angie says she can hear. I'm going to keep going then. All right, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize? Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. So good. We run our race to win the victor's crown that will last forever. It says, for that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Train like a champion athlete. To train like a champion athlete, you have to put in the time and utilize the discipline or self-control or strength of spirit to train like a champion athlete. And that's really what you have to have a mindset of going into spiritual disciplines is training like a champion. If you don't carry that mindset into this, it's going to be difficult. You wind up becoming your own stumbling block because you let other things take your focus off of Jesus. I think we're going to we're going to stop there because I really want you to be able to take that mindset away of training like a champion, of embracing the discipline that God brings as correction for your good, for your benefit. When you embrace that correction and you start training like a champion in your own spiritual disciplines, That's just part of living the abundant life. Life full tilt, life to the full. I love all of those. So I always use all of them when I talk about that verse. Right? Take this time, take this week and start looking at your own spiritual disciplines. Are you training like a champ? That's my big question for you to answer this week. Are you training like a champion athlete in your spiritual disciplines? I'm going to be asking myself that same question because I can already see areas on that, that short list that, that I came up with and presented where I'm not training like a champ. All right, let's pray real quick. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've done for us. What you've made a way for us to be a part of through the cross. 
And Father, I thank you for the discipline that validates to us the sonship we were brought into through our rebirth as new creations. I thank you that you have given us a sound mind and a strength of spirit, a resoluteness to look at our spiritual disciplines and to train like champions in those. I thank you that you've given each one of us a calling and that you're giving us vision for where it is you want us to go. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are answering each and every one of us as we turn and run to you. for answers to all the questions that we have. We love you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Have a great week. Uh, thanks for being here. Appreciate you participating. Every one of you, Amory, Vicki, Angie, thank you all for being here. All right. Have a great week.